Hello, I'm Tracy Challoner. Great to have your company for this life education podcast. Well, never have we been more focused on our health and well-being than right now during the coronavirus pandemic. And while there's no single food or lifestyle that can make us immune to the disease, there are simple ways we can strengthen our immune system to help fight off viruses and other illnesses, particularly with flu season just around the corner. With me today is Life Education's very own Health and Nutrition Officer, Matt Dowling, to talk us through some of the things we can do to stay healthy and maybe even use this isolation period to make some positive and lasting changes to support our families health and well-being. Hi Matt, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi Tracy, thanks for having me. How have you been coping with the restrictions? Has life changed much for you? Uh, so far so good with the restrictions for us. Um, yeah, opportunities for entertainment around home haven't quite dried up just yet. We're, um, we're pretty <laughs> fortunate. We live on a small farm so uh, yeah, there's plenty of spaces to go for walks and We've got an old tennis court that we can have a hit on. Um, there's definitely no no shortage of fences to fix and weeds to pull out of the veggie garden. So, uh, yeah, staying pretty busy. How about you? How are you navigating the, the restrictions at the moment? Well, I'm just in suburbia, but I have been getting out on the bike every day and loving that. Uh, also been getting into the garden and finding that very therapeutic. So, you know, really quite active. I'm a bit of a homebody anyway. So things haven't changed all that much for me. Oh, fantastic. We sound like two of the lucky ones then. Yeah, we are lucky. Well, let's talk about nutrition, Matt. We've probably all indulged a bit over Easter. I think the big challenge for many of us currently health-wise is not only hopefully avoiding coronavirus altogether, but trying not to put on excess weight during these months at home and less regular activity because we're missing out on some of that incidental exercise that we normally get during the day. How do we stop the kilos piling on when the kitchen is so close by, gyms are closed and regular regular sport is off limits? Yeah, good question. Tracy, it's, yeah, it's a challenge, definitely. Um, I, you know, I've been working from a home office and can absolutely relate to the temptations of the nearby fridge <laughs> and cupboard. Uh, and I, <laughs> I've actually been having a lot of these chats with friends and family recently because I think, you know, let's face it, let's face it, most of us do really rely on our normal routine to, to stick to healthy food choices and regular exercise. Um, and I guess when we're talking about maintaining a healthy weight, um, there are a lot of factors that go into it. But put simply, for, for most of us, it is looking at the amount of energy we consume from food and drink compared to the amount that we're using or burning throughout normal daily activities and exercise. Um, so I guess the first part of that equation is the energy going in. And we really need to look, have a look at what's available in the fridge and the cupboard, particularly at the moment, because this is where, where all our food and drink consumption is coming from. Um, and I think, the, I think the first rule of reducing energy intake is really avoiding processed food and drink, particularly those high in fat and sugar, uh, because this is where most of us consume too much energy. And I think the best way to do this, and we've, we've all heard it before, is not to buy it in the first place. You know, if it's not at home sitting in the fridge and cupboard uh, to tempt us, and then we're not going to eat it. So I think a really key tip here is, is sticking to the outside edge of the supermarket. Uh, most of those processed foods and drinks tend to be concentrated in those inner aisles, um, whereas the outer edge is where we find the fresh produce like your fruit and veg, your lean meats and fish, frozen veggies, you know, whole grains like brown rice, beans, lentils, all that really good stuff. 
that's the first one. And then I guess the second part of the equation is, of course, the energy that we're burning or using through those daily activities and exercise. Um, so I guess at the moment for most of us, it's, you know, walks and bike rides close to home is a good opportunity. Um, we were just mentioning before, like home gardening and DIY, it's, it's amazing how much energy you can burn digging holes and pulling weeds. Um, I think, I guess, other opportunities you can find at home, a game of cricket in the backyard or wheelbarrow races with the kids. Um, we actually, we played a game of, a board game of uh, Twister. Do you know Twister, Tracy, oh, with all the yes. different coloured circles? I remember Twister. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, laughing and, and puffing away playing a game like that as well burns calories. Oh, it sure does. There's also a really good resource that I love, if, if you haven't seen it before or others listening, is the 10,000 Steps program. Um, I think 10,000steps.org.au is, is how you check it out. Um, it's brilliant. You can challenge friends and family members and work colleagues um, to maintain physical activity even even from home. Um, our, our work team's actually used it a few times and, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, creates a lot of banter. It's, it's brilliant. That is a great initiative, isn't it? And now's probably a good time to, to set that daily goal of trying to do 10,000 steps. It sounds like a lot. I mean, it is the gold standard, isn't it? But it's surprising how quickly the steps do add up over a day, even just, you know, walking around the house, walking around your neighbourhood. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a, look, it's a great resource sort of to keep you accountable and to have a bit of fun at the same time. Um, and it's not just steps. You can, you can also record other activities and sort of gives you the equivalent steps um, from doing that activity. So yeah, it's brilliant. And, and getting back to nutrition, of course, this is a time when more and more families are cash strapped. So people are looking for ways to eat healthily, but also affordably. What would you suggest in the way of healthy recipe ideas that are cheap and easy to make? Yeah, look, as you said, I think right now it's a really good opportunity. As I said, most of us don't have the financial, extra financial resources to be throwing at fast food options. So, yeah, it's an opportunity to make the most of it and try some quick, new, cheap, healthy um, and easy recipes. Um, I think two really simple tips. First one is cook in bulk. Um, this makes meals a lot cheaper. Ingredients go further. Um, you have less waste, so you can use those leftovers the next day or, or freeze them for another day when you don't feel like cooking. Um, recipes like, like spaghetti bolognese and stir-fry and soups are, are brilliant to cook in bulk. So that would be my number one tip. Number two, don't be afraid of frozen fruit and veg. So these are often just as nutritious as, uh, as those in the produce aisle, but often a lot cheaper and a great resource to have at home to, to add extra fruit and veg into your day. And also growing, as you mentioned, growing some of your own vegetables and herbs and salad leaves. It's fairly easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's another opportunity while we're all at home. Absolutely. Um, there's a, a really good resource I was going to mention um, that I've been using recently is the Queensland Health um, Healthier Happier online resources. Mm -hmm. I think that one's healthier.qld.gov.au. And they've got some brilliant some family-friendly recipes and tricks and tips to cook simple, healthy meals on a budget. Um, some of the recipes I've been using there are things like veggie lasagnas and fritters, um, grainy salads, like rice paper rolls for lunch. Um, there's some really cool uh, breakfast recipes on there, like cooked porridge using banana and apple and uh, baked eggs and brekkie smoothies. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that one, that's a really good resource. I had a look at the, that site and it is brilliant. And one of the things I really like about it is that it's got videos for people like me who hate reading recipes. Yes. You can just play the videos and it tells you <laughs> the measurements and you just follow it. It's so easy, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And while we've got more time on our hands and we're at home, yeah, it's just it's a great opportunity to, to try something new. Well, many parents are busy working from home at the moment, but when we do have time, the kitchen can be a great, great creative space to relieve the boredom. What are some of the ways we can involve kids in the kitchen that will not only keep them busy, but teach them about nutrition and give them some important life skills? Yeah, look, I think this is a great point. We've, we've now got a, a really large body of evidence that tells us that sustainable, healthy lifestyle behaviours need to start when we're young. You know, as kids are growing and, and developing their taste preferences and positive and negative associations with food are also developing. And, and once we reach a certain age, these preferences and, and food associations are almost set and become really hard to change. So creating that positive, um, healthy food environment at home is really important. And I think the kitchen is, is obviously the best place to do it. Um, you know, get, getting the kids involved. There's some great kid-safe kitchen knives on the market at the moment. So you can have them chopping up veggies, putting ingredients together. And if you choose simple recipes, you know, they can learn to cook the whole meal. There's things like sanchoy bao and tacos, homemade pizzas, jacket potatoes, um, and one of my actually fav- all-time favourite snacks, Tracy, do you know about ants on a log? I have seen you do ants on a log, but tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> so traditionally, um, ants on a log is, is a piece of carrot, so that's your log, a carrot stick. Uh, you then put a thin uh, layer of peanut butter on top and then your ants, which is your sultanas, on top of that. Um, but really, you can actually use any fruit or veggie like capsicum, cucumber, apples, pears, and I've done this a lot with kids in the classroom and then you know, use a, a healthy spread on top, like a Greek yogurt or hummus or low-fat cream cheese. And then, yeah, your sultanas or nuts or little pieces of cut-up fruit on top. And, yeah, it's beautiful, it's quick, it's cheap, um, and it's very healthy. Easy way to, to get more fruit and veg in. Yeah, you've done it a few times uh, in our work kitchen, and even the adults love it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's quite often an example I use when someone says, you know, eating healthy or, or healthy snacks are too expensive or too difficult. You know, it doesn't get much easier than, uh, than ants and a log. Well, at Life Education, our educators reinforce the important two and five rule, two pieces of fruit and five vegetables every day to stay healthy. How do we encourage kids to eat fruits and vegetables when there are so many tempting snacks? We mentioned that earlier, but particularly now when they're at home so much and raiding the pantry on a regular basis. I have teenage boys and I find that my fridge can be brimming with healthy food, but they'll still go for the unhealthy snack, the the Frankfurt sausages or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) How do you make healthy foods a bit more interesting? You're right. It is about creating that positive relationship between your kids and fruit and reg, rather than being something that, you know, that they're forced to eat or they have to eat. Um, and you mentioned the two and five, yet traditionally we have talked about two serves of fruit and, and five serves of veggies each day. Um, I think sometimes we can get a bit confused about what constitutes a serve. So I often talk about small handfuls. So two, two small handfuls of fruit and five handfuls of veggies or salad each day. Um, and you're right, we also mentioned the rainbow. So a rainbow of different coloured fruits and veggies throughout the day ensures that we get enough of all the different nutrients that our bodies need, like vitamins and minerals, and these vary in type and amount depending on, on the colour of fruit or veg. But, um, yeah, you're right, making that sort of positive link between between those foods and the kids. So I think things like um, little timber sticks are skewers, skewer sticks. So yeah. One activity I've done with kids is fruit yeah, little bits of fruit kebab sticks, yeah, <laughs> those. So you can cut them up into tiny bits 
and then you get bits of fruit and veg and um, use the sticks to put them together to create little fruit and veggie people. So that's one little fun exercise I've done to talk about the rainbow. Um, also putting a little rainbow on your fridge and you create a little challenge with everyone at home. So who can tick off more colours of the rainbow at home? Also, you mentioned the garden before, um, planting a rainbow of, of veggies in the home veggie garden. Um, and I guess almost sort of entrusting the kids to look after it. I think that's another really good way to, to create that positive association. Yeah, and when kids understand how food is grown, they can see the health benefits and I guess they're more likely to want to eat well, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, last year, Life Education Queensland launched an exciting new program in primary schools called Healthy Eats, which you've been closely involved with as our resident health and nutrition educator. Tell us about the Healthy Eats program. What's it all about? Tracy, Healthy Eats, is, it's really exciting. Um, I can talk underwater about Healthy Eats, so stop me if I, if I start wafting on. But essentially, in a nutshell, it's about supporting disadvantaged primary schools in regional areas to create a healthy school food environment that encourages and supports the consumption of fruit and veg at school. So I, I guess it's essentially working with schools to create an environment where the healthy choice becomes the easy choice because it's accessible and because everyone else is doing it too. And and this type of program is so important at the moment. Um, we've seen the most recent population data tells us that on a whole, um, most Australian kids are falling well short when it comes to the recommended intake of fruit and veg uh, for healthy growth and development. And this is particularly the case in, in remote and, and low socioeconomic areas. So I guess those um, stats have really led to um, North Queensland Primary Health Network funding the development of, of Healthy Eats by the Life Education team. And it's really been a, a lot of fun to be involved in. Um, it, it started last year with a pilot program. We had 20 North Queensland primary schools registered, um, which involved over 2,000 students and, and more than 4,000 families. And really, the, the results were overwhelmingly impressive, um, so much so that we've expanded it to 50 primary schools in North Queensland this year. It's an amazing program, isn't it? It's already picked up a, a Simna Award for Social Impact, which is fantastic. Why was the Healthy Eats program so successful, do you think? I mean, how did you get kids excited about eating more fruit and vegetables? You were in the classroom jumping around with cabbages and things. I saw some of the footage. <laughs> how did you do that? Yeah, look, I, I think we just took a slightly different slant on it. Um, you know, traditionally, um, I think a lot of nutrition programs in schools have really focused on education in a very prescriptive way, um, you know, sitting kids down in the classroom and preaching about, right, now you have to eat this, this and this to be healthy. Um, but, you know, now this huge body of evidence is telling us that, that healthy eating is more than just the education of, of knowing what's healthy and what's not. Um, as we said before, we really need to look at our environments. So, you know, just like home's an environment and, and the workplace is an environment, um, so too is the school and the wider community. I think that's really where, where Healthy Eats focused is creating sort of fun and dynamic resources um, to create that really supportive environment. So things like cooking sessions and fruit and vegetable passport competitions, uh, the kids are rolling their sleeves up and getting into the school veggie garden, joining breakfast programs, volunteering in the tuck shop. There's teachers' resources and, and a whole lot of stuff there that, again, I guess tries to help schools to create that really supportive environment where it becomes the norm. Um, I also think the second thing about Healthy Eats is 
we really tried to take a community approach to the program. Um, when we started the pilot program, we sat down with, with all the school communities involved, so teaching staff, parents, students, local health services, Indigenous health services, the local council, store owners. We sort of sat down with everyone in, um, in each community and said, right, you know, or asked really, what, what are the priorities in your community? How do we get primary school kids um, in your schools to eat more fruit and veg? Um, you know, what's worked in your community before, what hasn't, um, who's already doing great stuff in this space in your community that we can team up with. Um, and we've created, we've created a lot of local relationships with stores like Bunnings and Woolworths um, and other local services to help schools get things like school gardens off the ground or partake in um, healthy food supermarket tours. So I guess through that process, um, the Healthy Eats program is really sort of driven by the school community themselves. You know, they, they choose what resources they want to engage in and instigate. And I think that sense of ownership and excitement is really filtered down all the way through the school community. And that's what brought about the lasting change because I think after the program, around 80% of primary schools said that uh, fruit and vegetable consumption had increased, hadn't it? And teachers said they'd rebooked the program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really, we were blown away, Tracy. It was a pilot program and we really didn't know how it was how it was going to go and, and what the feedback was going to be like and the uptake and um, again, schools really just sort of took it and ran with it, and yeah, it was it was really impressive. That's fantastic, Matt. A, a recent YouGov survey, I think, was done the other week, found that bad habits are getting worse in the coronavirus crisis. A lot of people are saying they're finding it just that little bit harder to exercise and are making less healthy choices, as we mentioned before. But it is probably more important than ever, isn't it, that we do find time to exercise and cut down on alcohol, even though we might be tempted to have a glass of wine in the evening. Quit smoking. If you're a smoker, how do you keep your own exercise and diet routine on track? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, I think, Tracy, with any extra stress, um, it can be more difficult to stick to healthy routines and slip into a bit of a, a negative cycle, so to speak. Um, and I guess it's regardless of where that stress come, might be coming from, you know, whether it is coronavirus or, if, or it's work stress or family stress or um, health issues, um, I think it does become that little bit tougher. Um, I guess for me, I, I just like keeping it simple. You know, I set myself one or two small, simple goals that are important to me. Um, at the moment, I've got a bit of a life motto or mantra that, um, that says that I want to be the best version of me every day. Um, and for me, that's that's the healthiest version. You know, mm. that's the map that gets eight hours sleep, that exercises each day, um, eats loads of fruits and veggies, um, and that's for me that can you know, concentrate for longer periods and laugh more and make better decisions and be in a better mood during the day. Um, so, so I guess to do that, to stick to that, I've I've actually borrowed a trick I, I read in a book recently called the five second rule. Right. So. The way it works, whenever I, f- I catch myself about to make an unhealthy choice or I'm procrastinating about the right choice, um, I remind myself of that best version of me today and then start counting down from five. So I go five, four, three, and then when I get to one, I start moving in the direction of that healthy choice. Wow, so, that's a good one. For example, yes, it's so it's so simple but so effective. Um, you know, we, if you're sleeping in again past the alarm, five, four, three, two, one. You know, when you get to one, you've got to start moving out of bed, runners on. Um, you know, same thing with reaching for an unhealthy food choice, five, four, three, two, one, grab the apple instead. Uh-huh. Um, 
So I don't know. I just find that's a simple, simple trick that works for me. But um, yeah, keep it simple. Set simple, achievable goals. I, I think is is um, is some good advice. That, yeah, that, yeah, that works for me. Oh, you're one of the fittest and healthiest people I've ever met. <laughs> I should <laughs> tell our listeners you're also a physiotherapist. I mean, some of the lunches you bring to work are quite legendary, aren't they? <laughs> I've never seen so many ingredients in a salad. It's simple stuff. It doesn't have to be tough. Um, that's one of my go-to's. Is a a really simple salad, you add a bit of a grain, like a brown rice, you know, maybe chop up a little bit of lean meat or eggs or tofu and then throw some yogurt on it with some lemon juice and you've got this beautiful, healthy, cheap, quick salad. Delicious. Uh-huh. You mentioned this earlier. There is a big link, isn't there, between what we eat and how that affects our mood and behaviour. And we know that our emotions can also affect what we eat, so it can work both ways, and throw in the boredom and the isolation that many have been experiencing, and that can make it even worse for both parents and children. What tips do you have just in general for keeping our, our gut and brain healthy? We've talked about a lot of good healthy eating tips, but is there anything else that that you would like to mention oh look absolutely tracy i mean healthy body healthy mind that it's backed up by a lot of research and you're right there's no better time i think than the moment than at the moment it's a real opportunity to to concentrate on on healthy behaviors and i think keeping it simple just a nutritious diet exercise and sleep um as you said, with so many parents juggling work from home, supervising kids that are schooling from home and, and perhaps extra financial stress, um, you know, I think those really three simple things, seven to nine hours of, of recommended sleep, um, eating more fruit and veg each day, and that regular physical activity or exercise, um, it doesn't have to be gym-based. You know, it can be, you know, a game of backyard cricket in the garden. Exactly. And I think at the moment when there is so much that is beyond our control, uh, focusing on things like diet and exercise, it makes us feel a bit more positive, doesn't it? And empowered and it helps us cope a lot better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we just said, healthy body, healthy mind. And I think we all know that when we have had periods where we're consistent with those things, we feel great. Yeah, we are the best versions of ourselves. Mm. Awesome. Fantastic tips there, Matt. Well, we, we all can't wait until life returns to normal. But in the meantime, you're going to be spreading the nutrition message via our new online learning hub called Life Education at Home, which is pretty exciting. Tell us about that. That's going to be a lot of fun for kids, isn't it? Yeah, Tracy. I mean, of course, we can't wait to get back into the face-to-face delivery of, of the life education programs, but uh, the online learning hub is exciting. It's been an opportunity for us that uh, that means we can continue to provide health and safety education to children um, as we support teachers and parents in the, in the coming months. So there's a whole host of fun and, and engaging um, online resources there to check out. It's, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Thanks, Matt. Great to chat to you today. Stay well. Yeah, you too. You too. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. What's for dinner tonight? Oh, that's a good question. Um, jacket potatoes, I think. <laughs> We've got quite a few sweet potatoes at home. So, um, yeah, jacket potatoes, I think, could be on the menu. Oh, you're making me hungry. Sounds fantastic. Thanks a lot, Bab. Thanks, Tracy. Have a good day. Well, you've been listening to the Life Education Podcast, and my guest today was Matt Dowling, Life Education's Health and Nutrition Officer, with some great tips on how to boost our immune system and stay fit and healthy, both during COVID-19 and beyond. I'm Tracy Challoner. Please feel free to share our podcast chat or listen to our other Life Education podcasts in the series. And if you'd like to download the healthy recipes Matt mentioned or find some more tips on the topics we covered today, 
simply go to healthyeatskids.com.au. You'll find some fantastic resources there. That's healthyeatskids.com.au. Well, stay well. Until next time, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us.